Are you recording locally too? Yeah, I or always no? do. Don't. No, I re- I always record locally. Really? Yeah. But why it, you're the best in the business, Bob? Well, it records locally. <laughs> it records locally to a to my Dropbox drive, so we both could get access to it if we had to. But okay. All right. So I'm using Reaper, which is not free, but a very kind of Windowsy digital audio workstation. And I was having this little garbly thing before you jumped on there, and I, I solved it by putting a noise gate on there. So the floor, you know, uh, but I raised the floor. So if you were in a certain intensity, you didn't come through. And that takes me to your focus, right? Remember how you were having trouble with your focus, right? For so long, like it would garble over time. Yes. Do you still use the focus, right? I do not. I am using a Behringer rig at the moment, but the focus, right? Was fine until like X number of minutes. Like, yeah. So I, I, I Googled the snot out of that recently because I was going to buy a focus, right? And apparently, yeah, that's the thing. Like the Windows buffer is flawed. Like Windows 10 buffer is flawed. It works great on Mac, but if you're using Windows 10, the underlying buffer overflows or fills up and it just turns into garbage. And the only way to make it right is to apparently clear the buffer by resetting the device. So that, that's what I've. Right. And remember, I would, uh, I would actually change the bit depth, like toggle it. And then it, that probably refreshed that buffer as well. Yeah. So I'm actually looking at getting a Behringer, uh, two channel USB. So I, I got the, uh, I got a, like a eight channel mixer, which is great for live sound. The really crappy part about it is that when you hook that to a digital audio workstation, it only maps the mains. It doesn't map each of the eight channels into a track. So that was kind of disappointing. Oh, because the unit itself doesn't have that capability? Is that? Exactly. So um, the the mixer will be great for live sound. Like when I want to play with the kids, you know, one's on piano, one's on guitar, one's on bass, whatever. One's singing. But for recording, I still need to get a new USB interface. I was looking at the Focusrite really hard, but since I don't record on Mac, I think I'm going to go with the Behringer two-channel input one. I got the four-channel for that one. I have the UMC 40, or I guess it's UMC 404 HD. Yeah, I was looking at the 202. Yeah, I really like it. It's a nice piece of equipment. Interesting. Okay, so yeah. We'll probably need to talk more about that uh, at some point, uh, maybe offline, do some nerd notes on on some gear. <clears throat> but you know what I was doing, Bob, right before we joined this I meeting? I saw that, and I'm intrigued in a, I don't know what kind of way, but uh, go ahead, lay it on us. You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beattybar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. And more weeks than not, we're joined by special guests to add additional perspective to our topics. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found on virtually any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. I, I, I like to scan the headlines, tech headlines. 
and science. So those are the kind of the two hashtags I follow for, for headlines, whatever aggregator it is that I'm using, which I'm not even sure which one it is. It's just whatever comes on Android. Um, but the damn flat earthers keep coming up. Like, like they're getting some sort of minority foothold, but it's still like this crazy amount of percentage of Americans who are like totally buying into this. And I've got a short list of celebrities. Thing. So truly really, it's still happening. It is still happening. Celebrities are, I wouldn't say are jumping on bandwagon. I mean, there's one or two, so that doesn't make, you know, a trend. It's still disturbing. So what does Kevin do? Kevin goes on YouTube and just, I'm gonna, what are these people saying? Oh, and that reminds me of the headline, something about YouTube is working to somehow de, not delist them or get rid of them off their platform, but basically, how do we push them down the list, these conspiracy theories? Yeah, they have a whole thing about any kind of disinformation now, right? Like they're trying to, trying to minimize disinformation. Yeah, and then I'm sure we have a side rant about, well, who's the, who gets to choose what's real and what's fake? So we'll, we'll set that hand grenade aside for now. But I decided to, to watch some of these videos and there's one particular person that stood out as like the the band wet the leader of the group and I, I watched some of his videos and I'm like oh my gosh this dude's got like 75,000 followers on YouTube he's monetizing yikes um yeah and and just a, like a year ago he only had like you know a few thousand so this is like catching on so I'm sure a good chunk of those are people who are just want to watch the circus um from afar but there's got to be so many people who are just into this sort of thing. Really, I don't think that there's and who would subscribe just for. Well, okay, I guess I would subscribe just for entertainment value. So, well, like I subscribe <laughs> to to the real Donald Trump for just you know for entertainment purposes and nothing else. Fair enough. I guess I don't commit that hard on YouTube though. So, so um, yeah, I was watching these videos and, and they have some compelling. Like, yeah, I guess so. You know, I guess you can't disprove that. But the the one thing I wait, think wait, that wait, drives wait, 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 wait. I guess you can't disprove that. Give me an, a four instance of guess I can't disprove that. <laughs> um, the 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 basic one. You haven't seen it with your own eyes, Bob, so you can't say for sure. So I haven't and been then, to space personally to witness right. the sphere that is the planet Earth. But right. So how about the moon? If that's a sphere, how is the how is our planet not? All right, so just to set the table here for the listener, we are amongst friends here. Bob and I are not flat earthers. I'm gonna go on a limb, Bob, in and classify you if that's okay. You can feel free to to push back on that one, but no, I um, am not for we, sure. But I feel like you've done your homework here, so this could be interesting. I am not a flat earther. You're right. There's there's a lot of like well. Wait, are we really questioning one plus one is two right now? And the answer is yes, we are. And what I think is driving a lot of these uh, conspiracy theories is money. Because, hey, if I start some crazy, batshit crazy idea, and of course they'll tell you, well, it's not our idea. They thought this back in the day. You know, that's my Alex Jones, by the way. Um, <laughs> Internet child molesters. <laughs> <laughs> You're really good at it, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, so basically, if like if I say, well, if you 
haven't gone to space yourself, how do you know for sure? You can't really argue against that other by other than pivoting and going, well, the science says this, the, you know, you can do this own experiment. And it's very much similar to like paranormal investigators or Bigfoot. You know, I guess that's paranormal too. It's where, you know, they take one thing out of context and they say, see, this is proof. And then they ignore the other hundred pieces of evidence that obviously point to the contrary. So I'm going somewhere with this, Bob. Has social media, well, actually, before I go there, so we're going to talk about social media. So it's very common for military, or not military, well, military's got like psychological operations units, but we also have the CIA, we have KGBs of the world, the, uh, what is the one, Israel, the Mossad, um, uh, MI6 out of UK. Anyway, they're known for doing what they do, which is sometimes spreading disinformation to shape the narrative, right? And before social media came along, those were the only agencies that were very good at doing that. And I, you know, I'm not suggesting anything other than intelligence agencies do that sort of thing. Okay, well, no, not it's, breaking. It's a, it's a well-known tactical uh, option that they have to create propaganda. I mean, governments have been removed based on propaganda, rallying up the 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 local folk to to, to throw, overthrow a government on behalf of somebody else, really. And so that was the really long lead in to say, Bob, is social media now your handheld ability to do this for Joe user? So you're just saying in the in the hands of a, a regular person, we're taking the governments out of it because the governments are also use, utilizing. I mean, that's the new letter bombing. It's the new, you know, leaflet drops from high above in plain social media is that tool. But I guess, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's what I'm saying, you know, or positing is has social media got this ability now that Joe user can start an idea. Whether it's true or not, and create this movement. And uh, man, I'm really going to get into the topics today. Anti-vaxxers is the is the similar topic and that one is so most people will say flat earth crazy but anti-vaxxers i bet you know some anti-vaxxers because i do i don't know if you do but i do and no i i can't i guarantee i do but i also think that they are slowly moving into the same category as flat earthers at this point but that could just could be my take on it but and if, if if when you look through like their materials you can call it propaganda you can call it content you can call it whatever what their message it, it's very similar thing of they they are spreading misinformation, but I'm not 100% sure they believe or they don't believe what they're saying. Well, wait, so you're saying that they you're not sure that they believe what they're saying, like they could just be uh, helping spread it? The contrary. Oh, the okay. contrary. I'm saying they probably believe this. Oh, 100%. so they are just they believe they're on the path of righteousness, you know, that the, the earth is flat. Or vaccines will do whatever to your children, and they spread it, and lower information people, I guess is the nice way to say it, <laughs> um, totally eat this shit up, and social media is enabling us right. to be in this world. Oh, man, you're totally baiting me in here. Um, so, I would say that if you look at a historical record, though, 
crazy conspiracy theories are only crazy conspiracy theories until the information comes to light that they aren't crazy conspiracy theories. I'm not saying that flat earth is legit. I'm not saying that anti-vax is legit. However, we have a history of, you know, uh, alcohol and cigarettes, you know, they, they had medicinal purposes, I'm sure at one point in time in, you know, the advertising world, plus in the government support of that regulated substance. So we just have a history of not being told the medical or factual truth until it was too hard to hide it anymore. All right. Since you took my bait, Bob. <laughs> yes, who, I did. God damn it. <laughs> who controls the truth, Bob? <sighs> Alex Jones. Uh, I have no well, idea who controls the truth. Like, that's the big thing. And it, it, we're, we're picking two giant topics here with anti-vax or flat earth, but you can fill in any blank. It's like soundbite taken from influential person to prove that influential person is either A, a demon or a deity. And depending on who's controlling the message, controlling that truth, that's how that message goes. And it's like, we're surrounded by that 24, seven, 365 now. Which takes me to my next statement. I'm, I'm really like exhausted with social media anymore. I'm just, I don't know who to believe anymore. I don't know who's just echo chamber. I don't know who's just low information. And I think the, the weird effect of social media is, is your friends and family will share things and I think you will believe the message they are sharing based on your relationship with that person. And I think that goes beyond family. It goes to friends. So if, if somebody you follow a celebrity on Twitter pushes something, <laughs> you're, I think, more or less likely to believe that something, even in the face of crazy, you know, like common sense or, you know, what you've been told or learned, just your own observations based on how you idolize them or how you feel about. Well, I'll, I'll take it even a step further because you followed this person. Do the other people that follow you, does that necessarily mean that you endorse that person, that celebrity that you follow that might be an anti-vaxxing celebrity or flatter celebrity? And so without you even saying anything, you're putting yourself in a camp that you may or may not even belong to. So I follow Barack Obama and I follow Trump. But if you happen to only stumble upon that I follow one or the other, I think you start making uh, assumptions like, oh, well, he's a whatever because he follows so-and-so. Well, actually, if you looked at the whole list, which is not easy to do on somebody's follow list, you would say I actually follow both of them. And I will say, well, I follow Trump because, man, he's, he's the guy who's going to create the nuclear winter or not in an instant, <laughs> you know, and might as well tune into that show. And then uh, Barack Obama, well, you know, he's, he's actually, uh, you know, he's not a bad dude. You know, he used to be president. We've only had, what, 40 some of those, 45. Um, I, I followed Clinton during the, Hillary Clinton during the election. Uh, I don't follow her anymore, but yeah, I think you're right. People do make assumptions based on your, your Well, followers. but you could totally without knowing it, be building tribe as well. So someone sees that you followed DT and they're like, oh yeah, I knew that I liked Kevin for some reason. And I'm not sure why I slipped into Midwest. Urban. <laughs> I'm not sure what accent that was. Yeah. I'm not even <laughs> sure either, but anyway, so, and then somebody who follows 
that person sees that there's this kinship in that following, not looking beyond to see that you follow both, but all of a sudden without your intention, you could also be building influence because really that's what it's all about in the end of the day. And then something that you tweet about that could be related to social instead of code could all of a sudden be influencing, you know, alleged flat earthers. So the, the non-conspiracy theory of Kevin's um, social media strategy is, is I tweet typically about computer programming because that's like, like the die in my wool. I am a computer guy, but I am that full, fully fledged human being where I will tweet again, you know, retweet something that I feel like privacy, you know, on the internet. It's not really programming. It really cut, cross cuts everything, but I'll totally retweet that one or I'll do a, unfortunately something political once in a while <laughs> see that you're right i don't know if i i mean I, I try really hard not to but i know there's times where you know and that retweet has power because that retweet does kind of in effect look like an endorsement of the content and you could be retweeting somebody who hasn't done their homework or you know it's like oh my god i just and i'm totally like working through this on screen here on air i this is something i hadn't really thought about in depth until you kind of dropped this flat earth grenade truth who controls truth <laughs> and it's kind of like we all have this weird responsibility right and and one in adding to the list of controversial things i want to bring up you know, I tweet on my Instagram my guitar stuff. Hey, you're which sounds all totally... kinds of rules here. I thought we weren't doing homework for episodes anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not. I'm not. This, this is mostly uh, off the cuff here. So I'm doing, um, you know, some guitar stuff. And one of the pictures, I'm standing in front of a cross because I'm doing it at, you know, I'm playing guitar at church. And so I immediately think, oh, crap. If I tweet that, I'm going to get one of two things. Somebody who likes the fact that I'm playing at church. Or somebody who's like, oh, he's one of those crazy people who go to church, you know, and I'm like, I can't win, you know, and we're, we're totally, you know, shape, you're right, we're shaping, um, you know, what people think of us. And honestly, if you spend 10 minutes with me, you'll, you'll learn the real me. But if you look at my social media, you're probably building this list of what you think I am, and I'm probably not actually like that at all well and I, I think that's important because you know we're not 20 piece puzzles as individuals i mean we're we're giant you know ten thousand piece puzzles hundred thousand piece puzzles and in our social media we're only showing like tiny pieces of this giant picture that we are but people will put those pieces together to make the puzzle that they want and yeah, that's what, creepy too. And what people put out is their highlight reel. I think I saw the quote recently, and I'm gonna not remember who said it, but you know, don't compare your uh, your behind the scenes with somebody's highlight reel. But that's what we do every day on social media because people put their highlight reels out, and then they look at somebody else and go, "Oh, well, I'm not as good." Yeah, and I think that there's a little bit of movement, and I might be guilty of this too. Definitely with some of my other shit that I do online, but like you think that you're putting your behind the scenes out there, but it's kind of like still well prepared behind the scenes. Like it's still not taking off the mask. There's still the mask there. It's like, I'll let you in just this little bit to make me seem like more of a human being, but that's just but I'm really not that's just <laughs> in more into whatever that thing that I'm selling. And it might not be a brand. 
it's like, you know, it just could be the, I need friends. Oh God, I'm getting really depressed. What, <laughs> what really bothers me about the flat earth thing is, is it goes from just somebody going, yeah, I think this and some, you know, just one day and now they're monetizing on it. And then, so that person's totally like doubling down on I'm, or even going all in on this because now I can make money by, by keeping perpetuating this. I'm looking at you, InfoWars, too. What if that's, the, what if this is the 21st century snake oil salesperson? Like that person, like how, so you watched, were they all from the same content provider or were you doing a kind of a shotgun approach and seeing what others were putting out there, too? Um, it was, actually, I was watching the, like, National Geographic, ABC News. It was these other people going, man, these people are crazy and i'm like okay great i hear you and i'm with you but i want to hear what they're saying themselves out you know i just don't want your interpretation and all the like the debunking i got that i want to hear what their original content was so i went to uh the person who's actually featured in all of these external media outlets so you know it's kind of like one or two people who are like the the champions of this movement and so i went to their the one person i don't want to say his name nope that's all good that's all good Uh, uh, and then I'm like, it's just slide reel after slide reel of conspiracy theory. NASA wasn't real. This picture of Earth is a painting. Uh, you know, Neil Armstrong was a paid actor. You know, right, you know, Stanley Kubrick was paid to do this. And here's our proof. And it's just so. How slick is the delivery? Like, is it pretty well produced? Is it or is it? Yeah. Okay. See, and I think that's a component too because. So you layer in the fact that this dude was featured on all these major news outlets and that's basically free advertising. So then you drive over to his channel and you're like, ah, this is pretty well packaged. Seems like it might be funded. Seems like it might be research. Seems like it might be legit. And then all of a sudden subscribe. And then that guy's monetizing. Well, that person, let's not assume that it's a guy, um, but that person's monetizing and are they doing it just for the money or do they really believe the shit that they're selling? I think they started out to be, I mean, just, just my impression is that I think they start out as going, I don't know, you know, wouldn't it be cool if the world were flat, you know? And then just, that was just all it took. And then now I see money because humans are, are, you know, they need money to, to survive in this world. And so when you see a payday, cause this person, it was a former software programmer and i'm like hmm, that's interesting so you gave up the day job there to chase conspiracy theory sure and then what i actually see is what i see a lot in the programming world which is these these um people who go on conference tours i am a celebrity within my bubble right conference tour types and so this person go travels from town to town convention to convention meet up to meet up and they they become celebrities themselves you know because you know they they create this own machine and they're the they are the center of this new machine and i think there's a lot through the whole conference celebrity it's like if you're spending so much time with these conferences do you actually do the real thing you know like the rest of us or are you just famous for being famous are you a kardashian <laughs> and i think there's a lot of that in these hey man i would take that movies. gig in a heartbeat <laughs> well, I think most people would too. I think the allure of celebrity is is you know high on many people's list. 
But um, so I think there's total money play. So I have a very important question to ask you. So if we were able to come up with a conspiracy that wasn't very well covered at the moment, so if we could become those guys, would would you go back to YouTube with me and see if we could make some hay? <laughs> Depends. I, I mean, you you really have to believe in whatever it is. See, I Otherwise, I'd, I don't think I'd ever even go back to YouTube. Like it was kind of a funny question. I mean, like I just I hate uh, the platform so much. I'm sorry. I just grr. I'm I'm pretty angry at YouTube. And, you know, the overarching thing here is, is we have Facebook, we have Google, we have YouTube, which is Google and Twitter are, you know, and I don't want to buy into, oh, conservatives are being censored. Oh, Christians are being censored. Oh, oh, liberals are being censored. But in a way, <laughs> everybody is getting censored somehow, some way. Well, I think that's the big and, problem right there. It doesn't matter. Fill in the label ahead of it. There's a lot of censorship going on. Yeah, I mean, the flat earthers, as crazy as they are, YouTube comes on and says, yeah, we're going to push their results down because they're batshit crazy. Okay, no problem. Good on you. But in the same breath, YouTube, you can't say that you're fair. I just want you to say, you know, acknowledge that you're not fair. You're you're taking a stand. But once again, on, how, are, how are they like and you mentioned this earlier, how are they the ones that are going to determine what's the truth and what's not? Well, Zuckerberg was asked that question. Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, we didn't intend on being the the moral, you know, what's good and bad based on banning and all that. And I think it comes down to you can't. There's just no way you can't. Um, but what if I mean, you're going to have to make what decisions. If the government starts pressuring outlets like YouTube, Twitter and Facebook and telling them what they think the truth is. And those those results have to get pushed down on the search results because the government says it's not true. Well, here in America, I would think it would be unconstitutional because freedom of speech would, would keep the government out, theoretically. But in China, no, that's happening right now. You will get rid of these search results <laughs> right now, Google, or you get, out, get the hell out of our country. So we do have that dichotomy right now. Here in America, it gets, it's a gray issue because we have free speech, but oh, by the way, we have this monopoly of information by these same companies. And they are shaping a society at this point, true, false or not. All the power lies there. And that's what I think the bigger problem is, is we have a monopoly of information technology and we should stop letting Facebook vacuum up all these technologies. Google vacuuming up all these technologies. We need more competition, not less competition. Humbly. What if what if these large conglomerates, the Facebooks, the YouTubes, well, the Googles of the world. What if, what if that is, now see, now I'm starting my own conspiracy theories. What if that is <laughs> state-sponsored media, though? Like, what would, stop, what would stop one of these agencies that we mentioned earlier in the podcast that employs the tactics of propaganda and information spreading, sharing? What would stop them from planting, you know, high-level high-level people inside of organizations like that specifically for the intent of influencing the content of their platform? Um, there's nothing. Um, so here's the complication on that, the U.S. Patriot Act. So, Bob, I can guarantee you a little more safety if you, um, if you give up a little more of your freedom. Right. So what the Patriot Act allowed um, the government to do was siphon off internet traffic from the data center. So AT&T, Verizon, 
uh, Comcast. They have they have government owned routers where it's all sniffed through, and that's where I think we the line was crossed back a decade ago or two decades ago now. Um, so I don't. So we've already crossed that line, and I think the government um, already has their own accounts to shape the narratives. I mean, Russia's doing it to us, like, you know, like, we're all aware of, but we all are helpless, well, right? Problem, what do we do about it? And they're doing it all over the place, though. Like, there's all kinds of governments that are doing it in all many parts of the world that are less sophisticated than ours. Well, because it's easy. All you need is a smart person who understands... <laughs> the touch points of a particular society, right? I mean, here in America, um, we've got some pretty easy touch points. We have class warfare, we have uh, racial tensions. I mean, those two right there. And then, of course, the, you know, the, the politics, I guess that's the third one. Um, those are easy to just light a little fuse and, and we destroy ourselves, I think. I wonder if. Like if we're the the final testing ground, like all these other smaller countries where these, you know, where the 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 sentiment, the thought is being swayed electronically, like if those were practice runs, or if we're still part of the practice run, because you know, it's happening every time there's an election somewhere in the world, people are trying to leverage to get a result that they want. And they're utilizing these platforms to do it. Right. The, the, the intent is nothing new. So people have been trying to influence elections since there was the first election. The method to which they are doing it has evolved to no more is it a town hall meeting where you go and you say your opinion. It's I can say it from my basement, get retweeted, amplified, true or not, and be way more effective. And so that, that's where we have the, the car crash at the intersection of freedom, uh, of uh, being able to do this stuff, and the, I don't know, I don't know if the security of the society or the, you know, there's just, there's something here. There's, I think we're at risk as a society that misinformation could start some sort of new conflict here in America. And I'm, Oh, hundred percent. Oh, I would say that there were probably, I mean, obviously we're closer to that right now than we've ever been, but I mean, I, I think that's a very realistic possibility. I think the big question is though, is like, if you and I had unlimited power and unlimited resources, how do we fix it? How do we, can it be unwound? Can it like, when does, can you put the toothpaste back in the tube? Yeah. Is what when, when, does, <laughs> when does information that we're calling real information, how does that combat disinformation? Because another common tactic is saying, oh, no, this stuff that they're saying is the truth. No, that's not the truth at all. Our truth is the truth. So there's a famous um, comic strip where you have a, a Democrat on one side and a, a Republican on one side, and they're both looking at the ground, and it's the letter six from one perspective and the letter nine from the other. Like, so it's kind of like the other way. They're both right, are they not, based on their point of view? And so I think we get we are to the point now where people are good enough debate. We are a very good debate society with social media. We will debate our point. We will be right through the lens of our group and our cause. And then the other side will also make the same, you know, another case. And they will also feel they are right. And we just 
have resolved nothing. And all our social media has done at this point is just amplify this division. And so to answer your point, if we had unlimited power, I would break up the tech company. They just have too much power. And I would force the, uh, gosh, who would regulate that? The, uh, not the FCC, probably, but anyway, some government organization. If you want to buy Instagram, I'm sorry, you can't. You can't buy it. You, oh, you already are, face, make Facebook, stay in Facebook lane. And when on Facebook um, does new technology, when they want to uh, buy WhatsApp or integrate it, and I think we need some smart people that go, whoa, whoa, whoa you see what's happening here, right? But there's just too much power in the, in the hands of a few. And I think that's a problem. That's what I would think. What about you? <sighs> I don't know. I've been str- struggling, <laughs> struggling since I asked the question. I don't, I feel like if you break it up, I think that's a great start, but I also feel like it's just going to like, it will come back. And well, that that's where you, you have to, so AT&T got broke up, Ma Bell, back when we were much younger. Got the ilk. I was. Ma Bell. <laughs> so. And then what you got to do is you got to prevent mergers from happening. So when AT&T and AOL or, you know, whoever wants to buy who, who the big fish wants to eat the, the smaller fish, we got to stand in there and say, no, you can't. I'm sorry. Competition is good for Joe user. It's great for the shareholders or whoever, you know, but we can't let that get in the way of who's it's got to be the greater good for the greatest number here. And, and so you can break them up, but you also have to make sure that they don't come back together. See, but I think history has told us that that's inevitable. You break it up and then it just comes back stronger with sneakier ways to get around the current regulations. I mean, there's no way, in my mind, there's no way that Facebook and Google should be able to be as big as they are. Because it's over too many communication platforms. It's over too many, you know, like you've got voice over data, you've got video services, you've got, you know, it's, it's just, it's like really, it's tentacles are everywhere. Yeah. And go ahead and try to compete with any one of those products. It's not just the company you're competing with. You're competing with each of those products that have, that sit on top of a, a Scrooge McDuck pile of gold. You know, there's just um, no way to compete. And I think that's what we need to fix. I don't, side note, I don't know if you saw a headline that some European lawmaker called Facebook digital uh, uh, gangsters, I think is what they call them. Not <laughs> a stretch at all. Because they are knowingly, knowingly violating laws. Of course, Facebook's like, nope, no, we're not. Not happening here. Um, so I think you also, to, to jump in on how would you fix it, so break it up. But I also think you have to look at their trade. Facebook is not in the trade of connecting people. So, you know, mission statement at Facebook, we want to connect the people on the planet because we are such a noble people. And when people are connected, everyone is happy. Yay. Okay. Let me translate. We need a bunch of people so we can throw a bunch of advertising at it because we will make it rain on the weekends because it's, it's so lucrative. So I think we need to look at the, that model. And if you look at Google, it's no surprise that Google is not a search engine company. Google's an advertising company. Um, you know, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is a really crappy advertising company. <laughs> yeah, I don't really I'm not sure model. what Twitter's. Yeah, I don't see any ads, really. I don't notice them. Um, so they can't be effective. So we got, and then YouTube's the same thing. 
if you look at YouTube, go, yeah, they're a great video sharing service. No, YouTube is a is an advertising platform, and then we we put out these traps called videos for you to come, and you totally get caught in them. So I think you need to look at the advertising trade. So have you looked at their TV offering? YouTube has YouTube TV now. Um, is that the same as YouTube Red, or is that different? No, YouTube Red, I believe, is different. YouTube TV they announced at the Super Bowl. And it's basically a sling competitor. It is a cord cutting service. They have, you know, ESPN is on there, AMC, you know, some premium channels as well. But it's a pretty good, it's a pretty interesting lineup. It's bigger than sling TV, but it also costs more too. It's like 40 bucks a month. But I had not. I don't know um, how I feel about that. You know what? Well, here's, here's another thing that grinds my gears. So apps mobile apps you'll download an app and you'll even pay for it i'll pay 4.99 for this app and you're like hey no ads cool but i didn't read the fine print not only is it now that i paid you five dollars excuse me i'm burping up lunch i uh, paid you five dollars um got no ads but i didn't read your terms of service because i was thinking that was the only gotcha in this entire thing but now you actually sell my behavior on how i clicked on things where i clicked on it and my data to whoever. So let's say it's a, a weight loss or calorie counter. So it's like, crap, not only did I pay you for this, I was thinking I was like, I was off the grid ish, or I had this intimate relationship with just my app. So not only are they making money through ads, which I thought I disabled, but they're making money by selling me the user, which I really don't want them to do. And I have no way to opt out of that. Yeah. And, it, and I have really one. no way to know about it. That's a tough one, though, because you mentioned like the calorie counting or the exercise apps. And I feel like that data could actually feed back into their product to make their product better. But, you know, they're selling it, too. So, yeah. And then you yeah. shared something with me about apps that are recording your screen movement. And yeah, you do about that was on Apple. Yeah, that's... Uh... Apparently on Apple, the apps can screen record pretty transparently and just ship it off. And the article I was reading was basically it's not it's supposed to like not record like credit card entry screens, but they did an audit and they've got tons of people's just credit card numbers as screenshots and videos as they put them in. It's just, you know, what are we doing? Oops. So uh, oops. As far as <laughs> yeah, as far as unwinding this, this is where I'm gonna pull the old man card and I wanna go back to year two thousand where the internet was really crappy. We had animated GIFs, blinking text, um no SSL. Okay, that that's a stretch. Okay, let's add SSL. <laughs> no need for SSL. And then uh, you know, I just wanna go back where I, I w yeah, I wanna feel like I'm not being in a surveillance state. Because it's not the government necessarily watching me, which they might be. Well, I won't even go with that conspiracy theory. I have a tech company or tech companies watching me. And, oh my gosh, you know, are they amassing some sort of digital manifesto? And the government's got to like this because all they got to do is, you're right, we're not surveilling you. We're not surveilling you. Oh, here's a warrant. Hey, Facebook, give me yeah, everything you know about them. These companies are, yeah. Oh, God. So... You know, I always think people think, Kevin, are you, are you hiding something here? Are you trying to not, you know, you won't give your DNA to this registry. Are you worried about being mad? No, I, I just want to be off the grid. I, I don't want to be a tracking point. I don't want Facebook to know every intimate detail about me. 
I'm sure Amazon knows way too much about my buying habits that I'm comfortable with, but yeah, we've kind of let them skate thus far. But my big concern is, is that they end up somebody else's like eventually Zuckerberg is like, Hey Jeff, I'm just going to flow you this 70 gajillion dollars. And now Amazon, <laughs> j- just, you know, what's 70 gajillion dollars between friends? And now Amazon is mine. Muhahaha. Like, um, that can't be allowed to happen. Well, right? I would hope that, I would hope that, right. That's where the government should say no. And maybe that's like an obvious case, but it's the smaller cases I think that get us there because old men in, in some committee meeting who make these decisions have no idea what they just agreed to. Well, oh yeah, you want to buy was it WhatsApp? What? Yeah, yeah, that's WhatsApp. it. Yeah. <laughs> so what Zuckerberg will do though is he'll buy Alibaba, or or Alibaba buys Facebook. I was gonna say I think Alibaba is way bigger than anything, right. isn't it? So like that's the that's the oopsie where that all of a sudden happens. well, I don't know if they can buy Facebook because they would have to pay buy their shares, right? Because it's a public company right. at this point. Same with Amazon. So there's that's different than buying, say, a Tesla, which is, um, well, I guess Tesla's public too. A private. So different than, say, a private company. So I, I know you can acquire them, but I, I'm pretty sure it's got to go through the board and shareholders got to vote and all that fun stuff. Alibaba buys Huawei and then they buy Facebook and dissolve it. And Facebook comes back as something else. The new, I think I wrote you about, wrote this to you in chat, like as the, the script for my next movie (laughs) (laughs) where Facebook crumbles. And then the thing that rises from the ashes is supposed to be like this, you know, this more secure Facebook alternative. And it's really like the ultimate like tracker. And then we're, then we are black mirror. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What's the inverse of that? What is the social media? network that you would buy into or that you would subscribe to that you feel would be safe to you what what kind of technology can be fake technology i i don't know it's not going to work because nobody's going to be there like you know they're going to say hey we're new we're better we're this we've got this protection and then it's going to be me and the automated you know the guy that was your friend right away when you got on myspace tom right wasn't his name tom (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It'd just be me and Tom. Okay. Just IMing each other. Hey, Tom. Good to see you today. <laughs> All right. Here's a here's a Molotov cocktail statement slash question for you. I love those. Does Facebook does Facebook only become what it is today because people are too stupid or don't care enough about their privacy? Is is that like a a requirement? If if people cared about their privacy and we're much smarter. Do you think Facebook would be as popular as it is? It's totally a team effort. I mean, there's, there's definitely that element of it. Um, but you know, it's kind of like that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've made a deal with the devil, but man, the devil gives me a lot of cool shit and it's kind of like, it's so terrible. All right. Be, being someone who's been off platform for over a year, tell List for me, Bob, the benefits of being on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, just that. Well, I'm actually glad that you asked that question because this goes back to earlier in the conversation as well when we were talking about bubbles and stuff. Um, I like that platform 
Well, all of them, honestly, because it gives me a chance to diversify and not be in my bubble. Like I've never blocked anyone. I've never, you know, back to the puzzle pieces. You learn a lot about somebody, even if it's just tiny puzzle pieces, when, you know, you have people that aren't like you on your social media stream. So um, I stay on the platform because it keeps me connected to a wider world. And I, I know that sounds like really trite and, you know, advertising, but it's true because I don't, I mean, yes, I've created my own bubbles just by the circumstance that I have friends, but I also have acquaintances that I haven't blocked that aren't like me that allow me to have an opportunity for growth. Whether I take advantage of that opportunity or not, the platform still does kind of give me that opportunity that I don't have at the local coffee shop. So Venn Venn diagrams, you know, the two overlapping circles, you know. um, So if, if social media network A were in one bubble and Facebook were on the left. I think it's also, you were saying that you're in different bubbles, but I also think it's a function of how overlapping are those two bubbles. Cause I would have to think those are fairly still overlapping bubbles. And there's only a few that w- don't overlap in both of them. Or do you think they are completely dissimilar? Uh, I would say that for me personally, if we're talking individuals overlapping, the, the number of individuals that overlap in those two circles is smaller than it, it's a minority because of the, because of the, because of the divergence of the two platforms. I mean, we're talking specifically about Twitter and Facebook, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. I have much more overlap Facebook and Instagram, but that's because they're really the same platform now. Huh. Hmm. Almost like a monopoly. Well, but like if, um, if okay. I look at my Facebook friends and my Instagram friends, there's a definite amount of overlap there because it's so much easier to find those friends because of the connectivity of the two platforms where Twitter is not directly connected to Facebook or Instagram. So, Bob, what's the future of social media? Does the world get more and does the world need more? Two questions. Uh, the world definitely does not need more. Um, we're going to continue to get it whether we want it or not. Um, and I do honestly believe that there's going to be that massive convergence and that Facebook becomes Instagram, which has already happened, which is, you know, going to become, uh, Twitter, which is going to become YouTube. I mean, one of them, one of them is going to be left on the outside looking in. So is this the Chinese social currency program coming to American? Yeah. Yeah. It's a done deal. We are going to, you think it's already sort of here? Yeah. This is the testing ground. We'll we'll be, we'll be rating and we'll be knowing like, we'll be knowing the financial uh, situation of our nearby neighbors within the next 10. It'll be on your credit score. Experian and TransUnion will have your social score on there. It'd be like, Hmm. You're not friends with uh, so-and-so, but you are friends with such-and-such. But, ooh, we got to bring you down because you're friends with uh, Flat Earther over here. <laughs> so, and someone's going to determine that scale. That's going to be the fucked up part. Oh, man, I'm, I'm in my 40s. You think I can make it till the end without having to deal with this? Or you think it'll be within the next 40 no, years? No, we'll see it in our lifetime. We will, we, will be, uh, we will be living Black Mirror episodes well before you and I are punched out of here. <laughs> All right, Bob, I'm going to turn a corner here. Um, 
Amazon. Amazon. I think I got chased out of New York. Is that what happened? I keep meaning to read into this because that kind of screwed up our like our show bit with picking a location anyway, but now it was a single location apparently. I have no idea what happened in New York. That's so weird. Like, I mean, it's kind of cool that they chased them out. Kind of. But that's jobs. Yeah. That's kind of the way I read it too. I'm like, okay, yeah, you took down the man. You took down the big corporate giant. And now you're poor. <laughs> you're poorer than you would have been. <laughs> so um, I'm, that's a head scratcher too. And a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, because we're giving away all these taxes. I'm like, you may have been giving away taxes here, but you're gaining them over here through housing, income tax, uh, you know, sales tax, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm, I'm no expert in that. But do you think they'll just stay in Virginia or do you think they'll pick a HQ 2.2 or something? I think it may change their timetable for an, a future expansion. I think, um, oddly, I'm going to guess that they saved a, a shit ton of cash by not having to go to New York now um, because they obviously picked two places because they thought that there was no scope or scale for one of either of those locations to do what they wanted. And that's why they went to. So it's, it's going to be very interesting. It's not a game changer in a negative way. I don't think at all. I think it's just a, a very, very intriguing course of events that, you know, are probably going to speed them up to build the next mega mega center and just go for a one-off at that point. Totally. The new mecca. Um, uh, so, all right. So let's, let's put our black mirror hat back on. Sorry. I just got thinking. I don't let's think go, I ever go took mine off just for the record. <laughs> okay. My, my tin foil, my black tin foil. My, so burnt dinner <laughs> tin foil hat here. Um, I predict within 20 years, you will be required to submit your DNA. Um, if you haven't already, all infants will be collected at time of birth here in the States and you will have some sort of social score that goes beyond just your financial health. It will also be who you can What's uh, medical advancements will definitely dictate the, uh, the the guise of medical advancements will definitely dictate the DNA collection at birth. I think that's a no brainer. The social score thing be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think you will know. I think fairly quickly we will know the financial at minimum the financial health of our nearest people to us without having to do any research whatsoever. It will become public. Well, let's play out the DNA real quick. Sorry, tangent to the tangent to the tangent. As as if, always if on I the have, Bob and Kevin show. <laughs> if I have to give my DNA and it's in some sort of government registry, do I need a driver's license or an ID anymore? Uh, officer, here's my, you know, here's my thumb for the pinprick. It'll be interesting to see what biomechanic enhancements come as a direct because yeah, you should be you should be instantly identifiable by scanning technologies if you've given. And I think that I'm sure that there's movie scripts about that too, because then they'll find somebody who whose parents birthed them off the grid, who aren't in the system, and then they're kind of like rogue entities that 
live outside the bounds of society. And then there's a counterculture and, you know, but yeah. Thinking of Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it, when they start that mass data collection, which they will, um, there will be a biometric add-on that goes along with that and you'll be instantly identifiable. Probably your retina. So yeah, three things, your, your fingerprints, your retina, retina and your DNA, please. Um, and if you don't turn those in, no problem. You don't qualify for pr program X, Y, and Z. You can't get a driver's license, et cetera, et cetera. They'll, they'll be compelling reasons, right? And then the new, the new dark technology will be to be able to use whatever that splicer or whatever it's called, slicer technology to re-encode your DNA so you could be somebody else who wasn't in the system. Mm. All right. And then, so now when you go vote, I mean, voting is fairly anonymous right now. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Fairly. They know you voted because you showed up and signed. However, they definitely shouldn't know who you voted for. Right. I think they, and think so, they do know who you voted for because it's assigned to your number that you get when you check in. Oh, see, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. it's one. Step, and so it's one step anonymized, but there's still the connecting between your registration and the number you're given to put in the machine. Okay. So there'll be a historical record for sure based on DNA that says you voted for so-and-so. So the future hackers of the world will now get copies of DNA and start assigning false identities to false, to real actions. Look, Bob voted for so-and-so. Look, Bob is the DNA sample we found at the crime scene. Now. Right. Bob, you know, imagine that world where you, <laughs> where we live in a world where I watch these crime shows where DNA clears somebody or DNA proved it was someone. So because we collected at the scene, you know, and you're trusting that the cops collected it. They're not, you know, trying to do whatever. But now we can digitally place you at the crime scene, Bob. We can say this is what the lab results were. Because I, I have a copy of your DNA. And yep. And then they drive from Colorado over to Illinois and arrest you and be like, we don't know how or why you did it, but it was but you, it was Bob. Your and you're like, oh, yeah. what the hell? Oh, yeah. Once it's in the record, then it can be, you know, in theory, it's going to be able to be replicated. So to bring it back to the flat earthers, <laughs> yes, I'm bringing it back. Um, it's called closure. The one point it's called closure. The one point that they have that is, you know, I can't fault them is they, if I, let me ask you a series of questions, Bob, Bob, what is one plus one? Two. What color is the sky? We'll go with blue ish. <laughs> okay. These are our questions, Bob. <laughs> um, what, uh, what shape is the earth? It is round, sir. Okay. It is a sphere. Then, it's spherical. And then next set of questions is, great. How do you know? The books tell me so. Okay. That was the answer I was hoping you'd give me. Thank you for taking well, that. Well, I've never been to outer space, so. Nor have I. And so that's one of their tenets. Well, they know that. They know most people have not been. And so they, they say all the astronauts are just on, on, on the payroll. So 
okay, so you learn from the books. Well, Bob, um, let's see. You were alive for the Reagan uh, assassination attempt. You were younger, um, but you, you, you have a high confidence that that really happened, yes. right? I was in my teenage years. You were, not, you were not alive for the JFK assassination. No, I was not. Correct. So you take on faith that it happened just like it happened. Of course, there's a lot of conspiracy theories like that, yeah, but that might have been he's a bad no longer instance, with us. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but starting with that assassination, you start getting people who are bending the truth because people are, who were there are what? They're now dying. They're no longer there. And if we go back to World War II, did World War II happen, Bob? Apparently. That's what the books say. Because the books say the books say so. And if you go on History Channel, also known as the Hitler Channel, it is it has got a lot of World War II on there. And so um, this is where you start getting Holocaust deniers because they go, well, how do you know you weren't there? And nobody and people who were alive then aren't there. So you know we start blending the truth, you know, and going, well, I don't know, did it happen? Well, all you have as proof is some book. But if you go back you know, another hundred years and you pick some historical event, people start not believing things just because nobody's around to give a first person account. Well, and I think we've touched upon this before too, even though it's documented, even though it's in the books, the winners tell the story of how it all went down. So, so that's controlling the truth as well, but that's not what we're talking about with conspiracies. But I mean, it, it's a pretty low hanging fruit to say, because you didn't see it firsthand then you can't validate it. That's like, that's one of the first logic flaws of, you know, logic. The refrigerator light is on when the door is open. When I close the door, is the refrigerator light still on? I can't see it. So I have to assume that the refrigerator light is still on when the door is closed. But it turns off, Bob. It turns off. (laughs) So Christopher Columbus is another popular one where people like to... Rewrite, rewrite the history books. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that he probably was probably not a person to make a holiday after, humble opinion. But we did. And in 1492, he sailed the ocean blue. And a lot of people will say, well, now we shouldn't be celebrating that holiday because of what we found out. And I don't understand how you can find something out 600 years later about a historical event that we had no means of recording anything. Anyway, point is, is the flat earthers, I think, are using the fact that because you aren't a scientist, generally, you aren't an astronaut, generally, and common sense will tell you if you look out the window, yeah, everything kind of looks flat, um, that and they're, they're going off that. And I think that's... Yeah, but their same, their know, same logic stream can be used against them. Who's been to the ice wall? Um, the Night's Watch. <laughs> John Snow. <laughs> right. So like a, a, a historic account or eyewitness account relayed to you. So like, you know, it's the same, it's the same flawed logic. If you haven't seen it, you can't tell me about it either. There's a ton of flawed logic in there. And they, and they ask, well, how, how deep is the ice wall? They'll say, well, we don't know. And there's probably land past that. So, you know, they, they give themselves out all the time. And then people say, well, we live on a flat disc. How deep is the disc? You know, how far can you drill down? Well, 
humanity's only ever drilled down like eight miles before you know we're just like out of like viable no more pipe capabilities <laughs> yeah so um so they i think they predicate on all these well let's take all the known limits and put our theory just beyond the grasp of what most people you know now, understand or where to we're their going. credit that's the way every you know scientist astronomer fill in the blank you know has done before them you know their existence is everything that they could see and then they wanted to see what was past that that's that's all science is is figuring out what's past what we know yes and for entertainment if not just sheer frustration find some of these don't don't go to like the source people go to the go to the like the the lunatic uh, national geographic the, lunatic the, the abc news <laughs> yeah well go to the people who i think are like just trying to like like come on do you really believe this stuff and these these people's answers are priceless the one lady she's like how do you know the earth is flat and then she's like i took out a ruler and i held it up on the horizon and it matched and i'm like <laughs> wow <laughs> she's like oh, it touches on both sides of the ruler <laughs> like <laughs> wow have you ever been in a plane uh, miss have you ever well you do that same then, thing in a plane no you cannot <laughs> and then paranormal investigators if you've ever watched in a single episode of like ghost hunters you know they have all these air quotes detectors and all you know it's like ah, you know yeah, whatever and so you see a lot of these flat earth videos that they're doing similar things, just completely flawed science experiments that they're going, see, that's a result. And I'm like, uh, no, that's stupid. You know? <laughs> so anyway, um, it's becoming a thing and I think it's becoming a thing because of social media and, um, the outlook of technology, you know, like when you're a kid, you look through a popular science, go, look at this, we're going to be living on the moon and, 20 years and the reality is is no uh, we don't live on the moon we have these stupid social media program or uh platforms that know everything about us and we just hate each other now we still might live on the moon that's, that's, uh well i'm just saying that's what i got for my 20 years into right. the future from right we didn't get flying cars we got facebook we got facebook and twitter and uh and a survey that says more people would like targeted ads than not. <laughs> and I feel like that's Zuckerberg's answer. We did a study that said people would rather have relevant ads than not. Um, Mark, we just asked you what your favorite color was. That was it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Oh, uh, side note. Uh, I don't know how I got this app on my iPad, so I'm suspicious. But... Um, my four-year-old was taking a survey and I just told her, just pick anything you want, honey. Just make sure you fill them all out. And so I just, I love screwing up the data sets there. Wow. But you have a data collection app on your iPad that you don't know about? Yeah, I got to look and see who downloaded that one. I'm sure there was, um, I'm oh. sure there was a big prize at the end of the rainbow. You know what we didn't talk about that we have talked about, but we haven't talked about on here? <laughs> I cannot delete. I'm not even sure I can follow that logic stream right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I cannot delete Facebook off my phone. <laughs> and looking into it, it now, it wasn't before, but it is now baked into the Android operating system for my particular device. That seems, that seems wrong. Care. That seems really wrong. 
only thing I can do is disable it and assume that it works when it's dis- or doesn't work when it's disabled. And I can't delete it. So it's 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 a meaty app. It's got like 100 meg or 200 meg yeah. of down, you know, space. And I can't get rid of that. Thanks, Samsung. Thanks. So a is lot. that so do you think that that and we can wrap after this, too, is that like is that a financial agreement between Facebook and Samsung that says, hey, we're going to give you a fat chunk of cash. Could you just make it so people can't delete our app? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, back in the day, we called that bloatware. Because, you know, you get a new computer and it's all this crappy, immediately got to start uninstalling. But I can't even do that well, now. So I'm sure there's And money. back in the day, Microsoft lost a shit ton of money because they did the same thing with Internet Explorer. Yeah, so Bob, maybe I should start a class action. But yet that's back for some think? reason. Internet Explorer's back. <laughs> or uh, Edge. You know, Edge is back. <laughs> well, it, is it back? I thought they killed that too. No, I think Edge is their thing. They're going to bring in, uh, they're going to use Chrome's rendering engine, I think, in it. But remember, like for a while, uh, Edge was getting installed with Windows 10 again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still think that's the case, isn't it? It's bundled. Anyway, you're right. It's, it's. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's still here. It is still here. Well, you know what? Uh, I was waiting for you. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you know, we've we've gone long into the show. We haven't even disclaimed any of our... Oh, I don't our, even uh, think we need to disclaim on this one. Uh, all the crazy-ass thoughts of <laughs> Bob and Kevin are the crazy-ass thoughts of Bob and Kevin as people, and not necessarily thoughts, opinions, or crazy conspiracies of their employers. And I'm not a flat earther, neither is Bob. Well that you know of okay Bob might, I might be. be a flat earther now because after he watches because it seems so. really cool uh yeah all the cool kids are flat earthers i guess so should i bring the flat earth lightning yeah go ahead and do it i, Bob. I, I, I just did 